Hey, everybody. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that Jeff and I kind of kind of left it on uneven ground at the end there. Well, he's not here this week, so I don't really know how to tell a joke with, you know, just, you know, just recording by myself. But we're going to give it a shot. And, what? What? Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined once again by a man whose unemployment grievance was inexplicably upheld. Mr. Cam Matthews. How's it going today, Cam? What? Shaking, begging. I wish North Carolina was a right-to-work state and I could have just fired you without repercussions. That's communist talk. What are you talking about? (laughs) 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 What's happening, man? Oh, not too much. Good to have you back. Yeah, buddy. How was was the sister's wedding? It was good. It was good. I went off without a hitch. It was a, a long weekend, I think, for all of us, but... Uh, she and her new beau are happily married, and actually, it is about, it's close to 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. They should be returning from their honeymoon any hour now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where'd they go? Uh, they went all the way down to Sanibel Island, which is off the coast of Florida. A uh, real nice little island um, there in the Gulf Coast. Uh, not, not a nice little spot if you've ever been there. They're, uh, the island itself, I think, is maybe a 30 mile trip around the entire island um oh, nice. so yeah so real real nice small little community you, you know have cottages everywhere and that sort of thing but uh what's neat about the island i've been once before is that it's known for its uh, abundance of seashells which is really cool so um if if picking seashells off the beach is your thing sanibel is definitely the place to go I, I imagine that their house will be chock full of uh seashell shadow boxes for for uh, years and years to come. Uh, knowing my sister, you would be correct. <laughs> and let me tell you, after having had two drinks, the phrase seashell shadow boxes is not the easiest thing to say. We're professionals here, guys. Don't don't try this at home. Son, I barely got seashell out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what have you been up to this week? Oh, nothing much. Just you know, an- another week, another another long week for the family. Uh, glad it's Saturday, and glad that you know the week is over with, and uh, enjoying a nice, uh, nice couple of drinks out of the last of my bottle of Knob Creek bourbon. So, a uh, swig of bourbon for the working man. How about swig you, Alex? Of bourbon, very nice. Um, I am, uh, I-, I am embracing the cooler temperatures, uh, and I am drinking a hard cider this evening. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I. 
Normally, I, I save that for like the middle of the summertime when it's almost too hot for most beers. Um, right. But we walked by them at the grocery store, and I figured, why not? Uh, I like a good cider. It's it's apple juice that gets you drunk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for for a second, when you when you were talking about the cooler weather, I thought you were drinking like a hot hard cider. Um, oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought like you were going that route, which which I was gonna say, other than like. You know, other than having an Irish coffee or something like that, I don't know if I've ever actually partaken in a hot alcoholic beverage. So I, I'm not a huge fan of Irish coffees, um, but there yeah. are a few really good hot alcoholic drinks. Um, like, okay. like like the one I know of right offhand, I've never had one, but I know, just know the name is a hot toddy. Uh, well, depends how you make it, because – you ask 10 different people, you'll get 10 different recipes. But the, the way I make them, I absolutely love hot toddies. Okay. So, so what, what, what's another one? Um, another one would be, uh, would be what you were mentioning, uh, a, a, a hot hard cider. So you take like, you know, the kind of cider that you'd get from a, a farmer's market or something, the kind of cider where, where all the stuff settles at the bottom and you have to shake it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take some of that, and you can you you can do either rum or whiskey or basically whatever liquor you have uh, okay. around. Uh, put that in a put it in a pot with the uh, with the cider, and then throw some cinnamon sticks and cloves and whatever uh, whatever whole spices like that you have in there, and okay. always it comes out really really good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- haven't 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 done that before. Now I have like warmed up a, a nice like mug of hot apple cider and you know put a quick splash of bourbon in there or something in the past which is okay you know it, yeah. it's probably not the correct way to do it but it's not bad the uh the other one i really like is uh hot chocolate with uh with butterscotch schnapps or peppermint interesting um, so see I'm, I'm not i'm not a big uh mint and chocolate kind of guy like i don't know that just doesn't doesn't jive with me. I feel like we talked about that before. I think we have, and and that's okay. and that's fair enough. So so obviously for you, I would suggest the uh, the 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 butterscotch schnapps in there instead of the peppermint, and that would still be pretty darn good. Cream. So like cream based alcohol is is interesting. Like probably the most famous one besides Irish cream is what like a White Russian. Well, like are we talking about the liquors themselves or the the drinks? Like the, like the drink, the cocktail. Um, yeah. yeah, there's white Russians. Um, never had one of those. You've never had one? No, I I, I haven't actually. Uh, it's I mean, not I'm, bad. I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's it's not something I would want to have several of, but right. You know, one every now and then isn't a bad thing. It it um, seems like it'd be like a good dessert type drink. Yes, like an like, after dinner kind of cocktail. Like ha- have it with like a, a nice like slice of cake or something like that. Or I think the last time I had one was I was at a bowling alley, and occasionally I would order them at the bowling alley because you know it's a big Lebowski thing. Okay, okay. I, I was wondering if like I, part of me was kind of hoping that you were trying to get one over on me. No. Like yeah, okay, okay. That's legit. No, no, no. Right. That's a, okay. I, Cool. I, I'm an unapologetic fan of uh, of, of that movie. Um, I, I forget if I've mentioned it on the show before or not, but uh, my dog Walter is named after John Goodman's character in The Big Lebowski. Sword of the Lord! <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> 
We we have rules. This isn't Vietnam. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, oh, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. <laughs> <laughs> the best oh, man. The end when when he's eulogizing Donnie. <laughs> yeah. And and throws his ashes over a cliff, but the wind is blowing too hard, and it blows all over him and the dude. Oh god! <laughs> so I, okay, I, I've got to go watch that. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I've I've got to go watch it now. Like I remember seeing it when I was uh, I don't know maybe fifteen or sixteen, and I just like I didn't get it at all. Yeah, it, I, I thought it was I, the I would, dumbest would, thing ever. But then I saw it again when I was like 22 or 23. And it was just this revelation. Like, how, right. how did I not appreciate this movie years ago? So I think so. I, I would I would almost put that movie in kind of the same echelon of like an animal house or even like a blazing saddles, where if you see it for the first time in high school, you might sit there and go, OK, yeah, this movie's funny. Like this movie's genuinely funny. I'm laughing. Awesome. But it's not till you watch it like in your adulthood that you realize why that movie is so great. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And and I mean, since since you brought up Blazing Saddles, that's pretty much the case with for me at least, with almost every movie that Mel Brooks ever did. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like the first it, time I saw it, like, oh this this is kind of funny. Okay, whatever. And then then you see it a couple of times and you really appreciate, oh my god, this guy's a, a comic yeah. genius. It's some of the smartest, stupid humor that there is. Like, it, it never is it humor that goes over somebody's heads, but it is humor that, when you think about it more, it has more depth to it. You know what I mean? Like, a joke is never going to be lost on somebody, but a joke can be further appreciated by somebody the more you think about it. Right, right. Yeah. And the the thing about his movies, I feel like, is that there are... Like you were saying, there are enough uh, just just straightforward jokes in it to keep, you know, the 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 casual watcher entertained. Oh, yeah. But there are so many more just like under the radar one liners that you don't raise an eyebrow to the first time you hear it. Right. Uh, that, that you pick up on when you go back and watch it again, that it, it's just brilliant. The only the only Mel Brooks movie I can think of that I truly appreciated the first time was uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. And... But that was a little bit, that was a little bit, you know, I don't want to say it was beneath his style it, because it, it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I think it's just definitely aimed lower than a lot of his other well-known movies, you know? Right. right. The, the comedy in it isn't as intellectual as a lot of his other movies. Right. Like, uh, this is super random, but did you ever see the movie High Anxiety? Um, I don't think so. So basically he made the, it was a Mel Brooks movie that he made, uh, basically lampooning 
every Alfred Hitchcock movie ever made. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't even begin to get into all the ways that it's just so. I'm, I'm, I'm sold with just that. <laughs> but it's, it's really unbelievable. Uh, like wanna... it, there, there's a whole scene with the birds where like they end up just pooping all over the guy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I want to say that, uh, gosh, I was probably, so growing up, did you have, uh, did you have cable or satellite? Um, early on we had satellite, uh, but I think I, I want to say that by the time I was, by the time I was 10 or 12, we had cable from there on out. Okay. So do you remember like when you had satellite? How- also keep in mind, since you're a good bit younger than I am, uh, cable in Dang like right 1997 was not what we know as cable today. Right. Like cable was maybe 25, 30 channels. Right. At the time. Now it's like 7,000. So do you remember when you had satellite, if you didn't have the movie channel packages, like two or three times a year, direct TV would give them to you for free for a weekend basically try to sell you on upgrading your package to get like HBO and Cinemax and stars. Do you remember those? I know what you're talking about, but the, the, the era I'm referring to, like when we first got cable, it was literally a cable yeah. coming out of the ground. Like, well, right. like, we didn't, I was probably, I, I don't know, 16 or 17 by the time we had satellite. Okay. Okay. So I I remember like it used to be a huge deal in our house when it would be like free movie weekend. Like uh, we would bust out the blank VHS tapes and like record as many movies that weekend as we could to save them for later. (laughs) And like I remember you used to get like a card in the mail from DirecTV like a week or two beforehand and it would be like free movie weekend on this day. And like dad would put it on the fridge because just a huge deal because my old man wasn't paying for that, right? So I remember I'm probably like, I don't know, seven or eight. It was one of the free weekends. And so it's like one random Sunday afternoon and I'm flipping through the guide and I see a movie and I recognize one of the words in it. And I'm like, oh, Frankenstein. That's cool. Like scary movie monster, right? Oh, yes. I love where this is going. So it was actually Young Frankenstein, which had a very confused eight-year-old Cameron Matthews sitting in his living room going, well, this is very scary. It's more goofy <laughs> than anything. Like, why is he wearing a top hat and singing <laughs> at the Ritz? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. But, but yeah, later it's I would find Igor. out. It was. Everyone knows it's pronounced Igor. <laughs> Oh, man. That's another movie I'm going to have to... Especially now that we're in spooky season, I'm going to have to go watch that now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's... I, I don't I don't get big into many holidays. Like, I'm not I'm not a huge Halloween guy. I'm not a huge Christmas guy. I do really... Yeah. Thanksgiving and New Year's are, are really my two... My, my two times to shine. Uh, but I, I will... I will make it a point to watch Young Frankenstein this year. Maybe we do... Maybe we do a patron watch along episode with Young Frankenstein for Halloween this year. What do you think about that? I like it. I, I think like that it. would be a good one. 
Hey, so how what? does how does one become a patron of this fine show? I'm glad you asked, Cam. Uh, if you want to get in on this and uh, get access to our exclusive patron-only episodes, you can sign up at patreon.com slash chattingaverage. For as little as $5 a month, get access to all of our Patreon-exclusive material. Yeah, cool stuff. <laughs> uh, we, 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 I mean, we should be doing another one here soon, too, actually, in addition to the uh, first couple of episodes that are on there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be coming up pretty soon. We we've got to put a game plan together for it, but that'll be fun. Uh, b- before we uh, before we move on to to baseball, Cam, you're uh, you're talking about uh, about recording shows uh, and movies back in the day. Made me think about this. What what were some of your favorite VHS tapes in your collection as a kid? Ooh, okay. Um. So we had a, uh, you know, of course, being a child of, of the 90s and early 2000s, we had just about every major Disney movie that came out. So uh, Toy Story and Lion King were a couple that we wore out religiously and still uh, still have them somewhere. Um, in fact, I, I want to say I almost think that the majority of my VHS tapes are still at my grandmother's house <laughs> somewhere like I. I, I I know we haven't given them away or sold them, so they are somewhere. Uh, we still have every them. grandma's got like 150 VHS tapes sitting around. Uh, yeah. So I remember. Um, let's see. the the first uh, The first PG-13 movie I ever got on VHS when I was like eight or nine was Jurassic Park three. So still have that somewhere. That God, was a you big were deal. Nine years old when Jurassic Park three came out. I'm in my in my prime, oh, son. God, you old boy. That one hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was older than remember... that when the original Jurassic Park came out. Yeah, I was older than that when I read Jurassic Park the book by Michael Crichton. <laughs> I've never read those. I, I've made it a point to try to go back and read those, but I, I still haven't. Um, I as much as I used to, and, and I, I I really should, but when I was growing up, every book that had Michael Crichton's name on it, I, I was just completely obsessed with. Whether it was like Jurassic Park or Congo or Airframe or The Great Train Robbery or, okay. or any number of books, he's just he was just a great fiction writer. So fun fact, uh, Jurassic Park I, I would put probably in my top. 10 favorite movies like it's one of those that if it's on tv i'll turn it on no matter where it is in the movie uh it came out before i was born so how about that oh my god it came out just a few months before i was born hey let me ask you this uh so vhs tapes back in the day whenever you would rewind them back to the beginning after you were done watching when you would go back and watch that movie again would you watch all of the previews beforehand, even though you've seen them a thousand times, or would you fast forward to the movie? Cam, <clears throat> I I cannot even begin to describe to you the number of times I have seen a preview for the <laughs> for the yes. movie, for the movie Captain Ron. Okay, okay. I, 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 I've never seen that movie. <clears throat> starring Gerard Depardieu and Chris Elliott, of all people. Oh, wow. Um, but 
I swear to God, it was a it was a preview at the beginning of every VHS tape I owned. Okay, okay. I, I, so I might have to go find that movie and watch it just so I can understand what I was seeing the previews for all those years. So, uh, what what's funny is that there's a couple of YouTube channels out there. That I don't know how much time they have spent on this, but they have gone back and found like old VHS tapes from pretty much the time that both you and I were growing up and uploaded just the preview section from those VHS tapes. So, yes, people have too much time. So if you want to watch the VHS previews from the VHS copy of Summer of the Monkeys, by golly, you can do it. Speaking of, like, trailers you have memorized, the Summer of the Monkeys trailer is burned to my brain. I don't remember what VHS tape it was even, on. That, that no, it was on, doesn't even ring a bell to me. It was on the Flubber uh, VHS. That's exactly what it was on. Oh, God. I remember I saw that in the theaters, and I was just done with it. I never needed to own the, the VHS of that one. I think, okay. I, I think I was, like, I, I think I was a little <laughs> too old to, to really get into Flubber. Oh, that that was one of those movies that we like burned out in our house. Like I, I don't know why. I, just fa- I found that movie hilarious. Uh, I, don't, hey, speak- I moved on from watching like quote unquote kids movies fairly quickly, and and like, yeah, when I was when I was ten or eleven years old, my my prized possession was my VHS collection of at that point every James Bond movie that had ever come out. That's cool. Uh, and I was I was obsessed with it, which is why, as we discussed in, in a previous episode, to this day, my dream car is an Aston Martin. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, so let me ask this, since we're going along this timeline. What was the first DVD that you bought? Ooh. Remember how big of a change in the tide that was? Oh, man. Like... Um, I will, I will not be able to explain to my daughter, like, how significant of an event that was the first time you got a DVD player. I honestly don't think my family had a DVD player before I left the house to go to college. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm, I, might, I might be wrong on that, but I don't recall having had one. Well, yeah, that, t- that timeline would make sense, because uh, I, was, I was probably 11 or 12 when we got our first one. So, I, I think... So I think the first DVDs I bought were after DVDs had been out for for several years because I, I had, didn't have a DVD player that early. So right, um, I, ha- I had quite a large selection of DVDs to pick from, and I think I went with a couple of of concert DVDs. Uh, okay, and so this was when I was I, I must have been nineteen or twenty at the time, but I uh, I I remember. What was it? It was a it's a, a DVD called Pulse, uh, and it was a a Pink Floyd concert. Okay. Uh, that I was super into. Uh, and then, let's see, uh, Incubus Live at Red Rocks. Those were I, those were the first two DVDs I could remember having, and man, nice. did I wear those out. Haven't haven't jammed out to Incubus in a in a good minute. Oh man, I. I swear I almost lost my hearing at an Incubus concert in Louisville back Dang in the my toes into the sand. They, uh, it, you you want to feel old? Uh-oh. 
Uh, Don't do this to me. You remember the uh, Incubus album, Make Yourself? Yes. Uh, Last year was the 20-year anniversary. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the <laughs> year anniversary show. <laughs> uh, so so it, it's funny that you bring up a subject like that. So just earlier today, a, a cousin uh, a cousin of mine and I were, were talking and we, you know, we were talking about getting older and that sort of thing. And we were talking about like what made you like first start to feel old. And, you know, we both agreed that like the first time that you see college athletes on TV younger than you, you know, yes. that's kind of the, that's kind of like the first moment where it's like, Oh God, I am getting older. I told him that, and, and it's going to happen within the next five or six years. I told him that the first time that I call a high school baseball game where there's a player born the year that I graduated high school, that's going to be <laughs> it. Like that is going to be the moment where I'm just like, ah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. People that people that were born the year that I graduated high school are driving now. Yeah. So what, uh, what year did you graduate high school? Oh, four. Oh, four. OK. OK. We'll see. Oh, four. I was finishing up fourth grade. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, why did we bring you back again? I, I don't want to hear the answer. Let's let's talk some baseball. Here's the Braves breakdown. And now the Braves breakdown. All right. We have reached the end of the 2020 regular season in record time this year uh, after only two months of baseball. But let's go over the last week of the season for the Braves. Uh, starting on Monday, September 21st, the Marlins visit the Braves for the final in-division series of the year. Braves come out on top five to four. They were down three to nothing after the top of the first. By the bottom of the first, they were up four to three. Uh, got a two RBI double out of Austin Riley. Got an RBI double out of Ronald Acuna. The big story of this game for me, though, is that the bullpen went six innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts. It sure does help to have the best bullpen in baseball. And uh, I really like that fact going into the postseason indeed it does it's just i don't know it's nice to have that assurance that hey it's all right it's gonna be especially okay. after how recently we had a terrible bullpen yeah i mean it's only been like what uh, uh maybe 16 months since we had one of the worst bullpens in baseball yeah yeah i i, I uh, saw that up close and personal just last season against the rockies Oh, yeah. It was not great. Well, the beauty of Monday's win is that it dropped our magic number to clinch the NL East down to two. So going into Tuesday, just had one more game to win. Since we're playing the second place team, that clinches it for us. So yeah. uh, had some bad news before the game. Cole Hamels was scratched from his expected start due to shoulder soreness and placed on the 10-day I.L., effectively ending his season for the Braves. So we got all of five innings out of our investment in Cole Hamels. Uh, I, I don't blame Alex Anthopoulos for that. It would have been hard to predict that that would have been the case, but still disappointing nonetheless. However, we found a more than suitable replacement in Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson comes out and throws five innings, allowing only three hits, 
no runs, a one walk and seven strikeouts. Had Ozzy Albies chip in with a homer. Dansby Swanson had a homer. Freddie Freeman had a homer. Marcelo Zuna, like Marcelo Zuna tends to do, had two homers. And the Braves win 11-1, to clinching the NL East for the third straight year. <laughs> it does feel a little bit different this year. And, and, and maybe... You know, maybe maybe it's because I'm getting spoiled now that we've won it several years in a row. But I I mean, after the the disappointment of the last two post seasons, uh, I'm I'm saving all of my excitement for that. Uh, Yeah, I I I would agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think this year it it's still a considerable accomplishment to. Absolutely. Lock up, lock up the division, especially so it's Saturday night. It's the day before the last day of the season. And how many other divisions are not locked up yet? <laughs> you know, like literally there's a couple of divisions that are going to lock up tomorrow just by sake of running out of time, like running out the clock. Right. You know, I, like, I think part of my hesitation is the fact that it was only a, a 60 game season. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I spoke about it uh, in a prior episode, but part of the reason I consider winning your division to be such uh, such an accomplishment is because you're playing 162 games and you really have to grind it out for hell, almost the majority of the year. To, to right. be able to say that you were division champions. And, and I, I, you know, I, I still think that this season is, has value. I, I just have a hard time celebrating the division uh, in the way that I might, if it were a 162 game season. Well, and I think, I think too that, and I know that there's a lot of people that share the same sentiment is that there's more to be wanted. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think, right. I think there's a lot more that's being wanted at this point. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know that, that, that if a lot of people really had their sights set on the world series as being, you know, a very realistic thing, because obviously we are all very well aware of what the biggest weakness on this team is. But I think too, that, to get back, get past the first round at this point, you know, is going to be celebratory enough because I feel like when it's become as much of a, I guess, a joke or a talking point as it has, you know, there's more that we want. And again, though, winning the division is fantastic and quite the feat. But, you know, I hope there's more to hang our hat on beyond this. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's a sentiment shared by just about every Braves fan out there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be especially interesting this year because the first round is it's a three game series. Ooh. Oh boy. Which, which uh, you know, for the Braves, the way this year has gone and with the injury issues we've had with the rotation, that might be in our best interest. Uh, we don't have a lot of, a lot in the way of starting pitching. And, you know, if we can go out there and get solid starts from Freed and Anderson back to back, take the first two games, get your extra day off and and, you know, win win a series in the postseason. 
Uh, I, I, I don't see why that can't happen no matter who we're playing. Um, you know, the, the, the Braves opponent for the first round of the postseason has yet to be determined, but I don't care who it is at this point. Uh, yeah, we, we have what I believe to be at worst, the second best lineup in baseball. Yeah. And well, and, and I think, I think that's a completely fair sentiment. And I, you know, there's been a lot of discussion this week and there's a lot of scoreboard watching going on this weekend, you know, just to try to figure out who, you know, who we're going to end up playing and that sort of thing. But I think, I think regardless of who we play, that this team has the potential to beat whoever it is here in the first round. Obviously we match up better against some teams than others. Like I think, at this point, the Reds as a seven seed are going to be the toughest um, opponents that we could possibly get. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's an, ex, you know, the expectance that we win this first round, no matter who it is. So that I, that's the way I'm going into this first round, legitimately thinking that, you know, despite our troubles, we should be winning this first one. Right. And, and and despite our our history in the last 15 plus years, there are more than enough reasons to be confident in the Braves making it out of the wild card round this year. We have we have a healthy Freddie Freeman who is absolutely hitting the cover off of the ball. And that's something we definitely didn't have last year. We have uh, Dansby Swanson, who is, you know, as as streaky as he can be at the plate. When when the chips are down and when there are runners on base and you need a hit, Dansby Swanson is that guy that comes in and gets you that hit. He is a, as clutch of a hitter as as we've got. And then hell, he add, did it twice last night. Exactly. And then you add to that Marcelo Zuna, who absolutely destroyed us last year in the postseason. He's on our team now. We've got that guy. Uh, there there are more than a few reasons to be confident, but. Uh, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. That was the Tuesday game. We're got we got to go into Wednesday, the last game of the of the uh well ne- sorry next to last game of the of the Miami set. Uh, Braves beat the Marlins nine to four. Max Fried comes in and gets the start, unfortunately. And if you were watching, you you held your breath like the rest of us. Uh, Max Fried tweaks his ankle, leaving after only one inning pitched. Ooh, boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was uh, I was I was sweating this one for a uh, for a quick minute for good reason. I, I mean, if if Freed goes down, I, I'm I'm just I'm ready to call it. I'm ready to call the season. Yeah, just, we can't do this anymore. We, we've lost everybody. But uh, all reports so far have been that he's he's perfectly fine. Uh, going back and watching the replay, it didn't look like he twisted his ankle terribly badly. Uh, my my presumption is that he woke up Thursday morning, ha- had a little bit of a swollen ankle, and is still back to working bullpens as normal. Um, anyway, Jackson uh, Luke Jackson comes in to relieve him. Yeah! Uh, four innings pitched, uh, allowing... Three hits, two runs, and striking out five. That is a a huge performance from Luke Jackson. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen him throw four innings before. Have you, Cam? I I don't believe so. But I mean, he definitely. I think a theme this week that we've seen with 
uh, a lot of our pitchers is, is st- you know, Bryce Wilson and Luke Jackson specifically in back-to-back nights is stepping up when needed. Like, yes, I don't think enough can be said about Bryce Wilson and his start on Tuesday night. And then, of course, you know, Luke stepping in quickly on Wednesday night to keep the game manageable, which was a huge deal. Well, and it's worth noting that presumably neither of those two guys had any idea that they were going to be thrust into that situation. No. And I think that, and that's something that this team has been dealing with since the word go at the beginning of the season. So this is, this is me being incredibly optimistic, but I think that that's something that this team now has experience with that they're going to run into in the postseason. You look, you look at last year. When it all started to go south in the postseason for the Braves was when Chris Martin came out and got injured on the mound. And then everybody went scrambling, trying to figure out who's doing what. And and the team just never looked themselves after that. This team is ready for that this year. They've been dealing with that all year. Yeah, I I think there's something to be said about the fortitude of this entire team of that, that. You know, how many times this season could we have looked at it? looked at the circumstances and just said, okay, well, this is it. And it's okay. You know, we're not a hundred percent. So, you know, this season's a wash. It's what, like you think about the night that Mike Soroka goes down and oh, how man. you, you could have presumed right then that, well, this is the season. Like that, th- that, that, there goes the season right there. We just lost our number one starter. Um, but then you had guys step up and fill that void and, and do a tremendous job. And then think about a week or two, but just before that, when we got swept in the two game series in Tampa and just looked terrible, you know, that thought was there of, well, you know, we just had the DFA faulty out of nowhere. There goes another rotation piece. What's going to happen now? Like there, there have been so many of these little people. Ozzy goes down for gosh, almost half of the season. Ronald goes down for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, all these little tit for tat, you know, little ticky tack injuries along the way. And Freddie Freeman's this... running a hundred and seventy-five degree fever. Yeah, as the season I, begins. <laughs> and, and, and and honestly, that I I truly believe that there was a point where I think there was legit cause for concern that he was not going to play this year. Absolutely. Um, uh, that, I wouldn't, that and I is wouldn't a, have blamed him for a second had he made that decision. No, no, not at all. So, I, you know, there's something to be said about this team that has found a way to win when they've needed to, you know. Um, you know and, of course, you know, there's been plenty of hiccups along the way. But when you look at it, you know, this is a team that's going to end up with, what, 36, 37 wins probably. They're, they're what, at 35 right now? Correct. I, I don't. I, I I don't know. I mean, there there's just something to be said about that fortitude, and you hope that it carries into next week, of course. And Cam, since um, since, since you mentioned that, um, I just have to kind of divert the conversation here for a second. Okay. Um, remind me. Okay. Uh, prior to the season beginning. Oh no. I seem to recall you and I having made some predictions for for the Braves record. Do, does, yeah, yeah. Am we, I making we that up, it. or is that something we did? 
No, we, 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 no, we, remember we did that full long episode where we made predictions for everybody. Oh, Alex. I do remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so we, we had a wager on it, right? Sure. What was, what was that wager again, Cam? You're, you're assuming that we're going to lose this game that we're currently still playing. What, what was the wager again, Cam? I predicted that the Braves would win 37 games, and you predicted that... No. Is that right? Nope. No, it is not. No. I predicted that the Braves would win 38 games. And, and you predicted... Predict? You predicted 36. I predicted 36 games. Huh. And and so what if... Assuming the Braves don't don't pull off a remarkable comeback tonight, uh, then what happens? I have to sing on the show. No, 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 no. Not on the show. On the timeline. Oh, God. It's that. As I recall, you will be singing a song. As chosen by our Twitter followers. On the timeline. And I say this with all confidence, because even if the Braves come back and win today and then win again tomorrow, at worst, we tie. Yeah, and then we both have to do it. Yeah, whatever. What do you think about that, white boy? Misery loves company. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. But I think the odds are in my favor on this one. So, so would would you like to make requests for, for what you'll be singing? Uh, select something with a lower octave because your boy can't hit those high notes. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, suggest Mariah Carey songs for our friend Cam. Whoo, boy. <laughs> hey, it, are we sure that it's me being punished by this and not everybody else? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm going to love it. I don't care if everyone else does. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh boy, do we we still have more games to talk about? That was uh so that was Wednesday. The Braves ended up winning nine to four. Uh, Dansby Swanson hits another home run. Uh, Denny Hecaveria goes two for four with two RBIs. Uh, as does Ozzy Albies go two for four with two RBIs. So uh, a good game there. Going into Thursday, the final game of the set with Miami. Uh, Miami pulls out the win four to two. Uh, Ian Anderson goes five and two thirds innings, allowing seven hits, three runs and zero earned runs and six strikeouts. Uh, and Danby, Dansby Swanson goes one for three, recording the only two RBIs for the Braves that night. From there, we move into Friday, the 25th. We have the Red Sox in town for the final series of the season. And uh, the first game was an exciting one. Kyle Wright came in and got the start pitched 6.2 innings, allowing two hits, two earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. A great outing from Kyle there. Yeah. Cunha leads off the game with, with a bomb the likes of which I haven't seen many of. Acuna hits a homer 495 feet to left center, the longest home run in all of Major League Baseball in 2020. Yeah, um, that ball was annihilated. <laughs> I, I, it was comical how hard he hit it. And and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's like the fifth or sixth furthest tracked home 
home run since StatCast became a thing? Uh, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I, like you said, it's almost comical how far that ball actually went. It was it was positively silly. Uh, but anyway, so the game ends up going into extras. Uh, Freddie Freeman's got the night off because that man has earned it. Uh, yeah. With it being extra innings, uh, you, you got to go to the bench. And we, we pinch hit Freeman uh, in the 10th inning, uh, and he gets intentionally walked. Uh, and then the uh, the Red Sox get out of that jam. But we, we, we bat around, and Freddie Freeman comes up in the 11th inning and hits a walk-off two-run homer off the bench to to give the Braves the win eight to seven in eleven innings. Uh, I I mean, what can you even say about Freddie Freeman that hasn't been said ten thousand times at this point? It, he's I mean that's he's the National League MVP. There's no there there's no question. There's no and argument. That, no debate. And that was the exclamation point on that. Absolutely. You come in you come in cold. And just walk him off like it's no big deal. Like, just give the man the trophy. Give him the AL trophy, too. I don't care. He deserves it. Yeah. It, it was it was what? I, I, I didn't watch it live because I, I fell asleep. <laughs> That's a shame. Oh, well, and because we're a family-friendly show, I will not uh, mention your DM that you sent to me that I awoke to this morning. <laughs> Well, because uh, it is not safe for children, what you said to me. It is not safe for children. Uh, I will paraphrase myself here. Uh, what I sent to Cam was, wake up, Tucker Davidson is starting for the Braves tomorrow. And Yeah, our, you, you, you left out a few words. I did, I did. But but let, let's focus on what's important here. Uh, if you've been Have listening to Have you called to me derogatory Dad, names in our DMs? Okay. I do that all the time. That's no big deal. Uh, if fair. you've been listening to this show from from the early days, you might remember episode four. In episode four, we got our very first big guest booked, and that was a promising prospect from from the Braves organization named Tucker Davidson. And he was incredibly generous to us with his time. He gave us a fantastic interview with with some excellent sound bites in there, and, and he just he really endeared himself to us and he, he showed how he he's just, he's the kind of guy that you can't not root for. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just extremely personal and humble and just super fun to talk to. Yeah. And then late last night, the word comes in uh, that Tucker Davidson is getting the start for the Saturday game and, and couldn't be more happy for the kid. I, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a hell of a journey to get from, you know, playing playing T-ball in little leagues all, all the way up to to making it into the show. And 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 he did it all the credit in the world to him. Uh, he came out uh, first inning, looked fantastic, struck out two guys. Uh, our, our defense let him down in the second inning, committing uh, a Denny Echeverria committed an error. Dansby Swanson committed an error. Should have should have gotten out of the second inning, having only allowed one or two runs, but it ended up getting out of hand uh, and he ended up getting pulled. So so the game began to get a little bit ugly. But but you really by that point that by that point, it's four to nothing and the bases are loaded. Right. 
Right. But and through through relatively little fault of, of Tucker's. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Walking a couple of guys. But but that was after after the defensive miscues. And I mean, it's his first game in the bigs. You couldn't blame the guy for a second if he got a little bit rattled after all that, because it was less than ideal circumstances. Well, and, and, and you know, we see that in young pitchers. Uh, think of the uh, the Labor Day game against Miami this year. Ian Anderson, you know, makes the error on the throw to first and then just kind of collapses for a few batters there in that inning in the early stages of the game. Stuff like that happens, and that's just stuff that these young pitchers will learn to work through, too. You know, and that and that's what makes guys like a Mike Soroka or even a Max Freed just so above and beyond a lot of young guys is that they can just let stuff like that roll off of their shoulders. So, yeah, I hardly fault Tucker at all for that inning. It is what it is. Right. But uh, he, he's still young his... and huge We're... ceiling. <laughs> Regardless of his final line, um, liked liked some of what we saw out of Tucker, uh, and, and the guy got some experience throwing against big league hitters on on the biggest stage. I I, I mean I I can't I can't not feel great for the kid. He he's probably not feeling his best right now, but but I I think you know let let a day or two or a week or two pass and and, and he'll appreciate what what tonight was for him oh absolutely but anyway long story short red Sox defeat the braves on saturday night eight to two uh you did get a another home run out of swanson so it looks like he's kind of turned that little late season slump around which is encouraging going into the playoffs uh, i really feel good about that uh See, uh, Austin Riley uh, apparently tweaked his quad last night and got the night off uh, today. Quad! So really hope that uh, that the couple of days of rest and the two days off before the postseason starts is is enough for him to get right uh, and get back in there because uh, they I mean, they Cam, I don't want to see a Denny Hecaveria starting in the postseason. Goodness gracious. No, I mean, it sounds like. That's the case. Uh, I think Snit even said that uh, between today and tomorrow that they hope for him to take some live ball, you know, BP as well, um, just to stay loose. That this is just more precaution than anything because after last night, like tonight and tomorrow don't matter at all. Not at all. Not at all. There, there, there is literally nothing else for us to accomplish at this point. Right. You know, I mean, we we won the division. Great. We clinched the two seed in the postseason. Great. There's, I don't know why. Why are we playing more? I don't. I don't know why we're playing. We just shouldn't. We should just forfeit the game. I'm. I would. I would be okay with that actually. Um, like, well, I, 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 I sincerely hope that you know after the fifth or sixth inning tomorrow that as long as something crazy isn't happening and like we're really in it for whatever reason. I kind of hope that we just like pull as many starters as we can. Yeah. <laughs> Start the taxi like, squad. There's no reason not to. But anyway, that, that leaves the Braves with a 35 and 24 record going into the last day of the season, which will be Sunday. By the time you guys are listening to this, you will already know the result of that game. But uh, we are considering this to be our season wrap up show because that yeah. game doesn't matter. And I could care less what happens in that game. 
Win, lose, or draw, the Braves are going to be the second seed in the National League behind only the Los Angeles Dodgers. The only thing that's left to figure out is where everybody falls in terms of seeding below the Braves. Doyers? And Doyers. <laughs> Look, I'm really, I, I'm just, I'm really tired. Okay. That, that's fair. But anyway, that's enough about the Braves. Let's talk about the, the league as a whole and review the postseason a little bit. Take us away, sound over guy. And now the fellas take a look at scenes from around the league. All right. By the time you are listening to this, the regular season has concluded and it is time to start talking postseason. As we sit here at 1045 on Saturday evening, we know... <laughs> We know all of the teams that are going to be participating in the American League postseason, and we know six of the eight teams that will be uh, participating in the National League. Uh, so the matchups as we sit here today, which are subject to change based on Sunday's results, have the number one Tampa Bay Rays taking on the number eight Toronto Blue Jays. After that, you've got the number two seed Oakland Athletics facing off with the number seven seed Chicago White Sox. You have the number Yikes. three seed Minnesota Twins facing the number six seed Houston Astros. And you have the number four Indians facing the number five Yankees. Cam, what are, what are your initial thoughts hearing those matchups? Uh, if I'm the Twins, I'm nervous. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm nervous, and, and I know that the Astros don't have a great record. However, they're also playing against the Oakland Athletics, who were just on another level this season. So, yeah, very much like the Braves, if okay. I'm the Twins, I am nervous about a first-round exit here. So the Twins are playing the Astros. Correct. Uh, I thought you said Athletics. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. Well, well my, my point was that although the Astros don't have a great record, you know, think about who they had to play against this year. That's correct. The, the, the one reason I'd be a little more optimistic than you're alluding to uh, facing the Astros is, is because they don't have Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander like they had last year. So yeah. Lance McCullers has been very up and down this year. Uh, he, he's shown some really good stuff but he's also had some really rough outings. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Basically the only anchor of your starting rotation is Zach Grinke at this point. So provided the twins can, can survive the, the Grinke game. I actually like the twins in that series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say that, uh, that if this matchup ends up happening, Athletics versus White Sox is going to be must-see television. Oh, yes. There's going to be some offense in those games. Those are going to be some high-scoring games. There's going to be fireworks left and right. Really, every matchup I'm looking at uh, as it sits right now for the American League looks awesome. The, the Rays and the Blue Jays, there's a lot to be excited about there. The Indians and the Yankees are, are, are two powerhouses. Uh, going at it at the four and five spots, so that ought to be interesting. Yeah, I think I think the Yankees are heating up right now too, are they? Yeah, and they're starting well, to get well, healthy. they well they just lost to Miami last night, but that's fair. But but they're starting to get healthy, and a healthy Yankees team is a scary thing. Well, I mean, they were one of the top 
predicted picks for the World Series this year for a reason. Yeah, well, we'll 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 see what happens there. And I don't think many predicted them going into the postseason as a number five seed. Uh, moving, no. on, moving on to the National League, six of the eight teams have clinched their spot, with the Dodgers and Braves having clinched the number one and number two seeds respectively for the National League. As it and sits, I believe the Cubs just clinched the third spot. All right. We're uh, because we're doing the it live. Car- <laughs> doing it live because uh, the Cardinals lost. Yep. All right. So, so we have the top three seeds in the National League having all solidified their spots. Uh, yep. As we sit here right now, we would have the number one Dodgers against the number eight Giants. We would have the number two Braves against the number seven Reds. We would have the number three Cubs against the number six Marlins. And we have the number four Padres against the number five Cardinals. Hey, Alex, there was there, a there, there was a there was a team I didn't hear you mention there, but for sure the Philadelphia Phillies made the postseason, right? Let me check my notes again. Hold on. Okay. Well, it says here that they spent a re- like stupid money building this team, so they must have made the playoffs. Oh, they must not have. Huh. Well, for, well, for, for sure. Ah, for sure. Hate it for him. Well, well, you know, I mean, you know, make, make, making the postseason, that, that's that's tough stuff. But for sure, they finished above 500 this season, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pull my notes back up here. No, they have clinched a sub 500 record for the 2020 season. Who you hate to see it. The Phillies are losing, and they're going to be below 500. They're not going to the postseason. Ha, 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 ha. suck, Philly. You suck, Philly. Oh. Man. There's nothing as good as the Braves winning, but the Phillies losing is is pretty darn close. Oh, man. Hate <laughs> to see it. <laughs> Ah, that's beautiful. Well, guys, it, it looks like we know most, if not all, of our postseason matchups right now. Uh, something interesting to look out for, for in the National League. Uh, Cubs versus Marlins in the postseason. Has that, has that happened since the Bartman game? It has not. This is the first time the Marlins have made the postseason since the Bartman incident. Oh, what, is is that really the last time they were in the postseason? Yeah, they have not. I so, didn't remember that. so the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken, okay, we all, we obviously know they have never won the division. That both times that they won the World Series, they won it as a wild card. But I'm almost certain that that's the only two times they've ever been to the postseason as well. That's absolute madness. So if you're a Marlins fan, you actually kind of have reason to be excited here. Absolutely. And it's, uh, worked, it's worked out the last two times. I, I will say that if uh, if the Padres and Cardinals hold their spots and they wind up playing in the wild card series, uh, you will see three or four days of me being uh, one of the largest Padres fans in Atlanta. I, I just I just want all the bad things to happen to the Cardinals at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself. I will say, if I'm the Cubs, I might be a little bit nervous 
about that Marlins series. Oh, I'd be very nervous. I'm like three games set. Look, the Marlins, Padres and Reds are are lower seeds, but they are nothing to mess with. So here's okay. So here here's the thing about the Reds. And I, I just read this this morning that, you know, obviously that one, two, three punch that you would potentially have to face in the wild card series is scary. However, the downfall for the Reds this season has been their lack of offense. In the modern era, fourth team, I believe they have the lowest batting average in history. Like, as a team, they're hitting something like 220 or 230. Something, like, crazy low like that. ridiculous. Yeah. So, that either goes one or two ways where they cannot score or their offense decides to wake up the first week of the postseason and they go on a tear. Well, we'll we'll see. You know, it's it's going to be a tall order if we do end up facing the Reds ha- having to go up against, you know, Bauer, Castillo and Gray uh, as their three man rotation. But, you know, Freed, Anderson and Wright are, are, are nothing to scoff at at this point. And if it comes down to one offense versus another, I, I, I like the Braves chances. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're considerably the best offense in the league, so. There's that. All right. So with with one day left in the regular season, there's not a whole lot more for us to talk about with a lot of these matchups being up in the air still. But one thing we will talk about is please tune in next week for our very first postseason spectacular. We yeah. are working on, on some really special things for our show next week. Uh, and we'll including but not limited to multiple special guests. So we we uh we we hope to be unveiling some names for you soon, but uh but make sure to tune in for the episode that will end up dropping on Monday, October 5th. Yeah. So that's it for uh for this week in baseball. What do you say we talk about years past? Let's do it. All right, we're going to dive into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is September 28th through October 4th. Our first fact comes to us from September 28th, 1941. Batting .399955. Ted Williams elects to play in a doubleheader against the A's on the final day of the season, rather than to back into the coveted 400 average, because the number is rounded up, of course. The splendid splinter comes through by going 6-for-8 in the twin bill to finish the season with a 406 batting average. Wow. That, uh, that, that takes some serious stones to go in there. And that, was, and that is Ted Williams in a nutshell. Absolutely. And and going six for eight on a day like that is is pretty remarkable. I mean, and and you know, and you know, you know, he was aware of this because obviously he elected to play. Absolutely. Yeah. Can can you imagine just 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 imagine that conversation of like, hey, Ted, uh, you know, we're just going to round that number up. You're going to hit 400, buddy. Why don't you just take the day off? Nah. No, no, I don't want anybody questioning it years from now. 
Well, hell, I mean, think it, it was a doubleheader. Like, he couldn't have even taken one of the last games off and right. still played both and went six for eight. <laughs> it's just, just banana. It, he, he was, he was just another breed. It's, it's insane. Our next fact comes to us from September 30th, 2012. The Braves win for the 23rd straight time in a game started by Chris Medlin when they beat New York in the regular season home finale at Turner Field 6-2. The 26-year-old right-hander streak surpasses the Major League mark shared by Carl Carl Hubble of the Giants and Whitey Ford of the Yankees. Man, that was the season where Medlin was basically untouchable, right? Uh, yeah, Chris Medlin and Craig Kimbrell both in that season were just on another level. Yeah, and, I think I think yeah. Medlin carried a sub two ERA for, if not all, the majority of the season. Man, he. Gosh, I hate how things ended up with him too. Like, yeah, just my my heart shattered in spring. Is it the following year in spring training? that he gets hurt i believe so yeah and it was just it was it was that time that killed we me. had it seemed like every promising pitcher that was coming through the braves organization had to go get tommy johns yep yep whether it whether it be medlin or or mike minor or uh didn't know flaherty have to get it as well i believe so yeah it was it's just everybody who is doing well for us had to go get Tommy Johns, and luckily we we've gotten past that, and uh, whatever we've done with our our development program isn't uh, isn't putting them at risk for that anymore. So so knock on wood that that keeps up. Yeah, yeah, a, a swig of bourbon to Chris Medlin. What a guy. Nobody right. ever rocked a flat bill cap like like Chris. Oh, you dang right. Babyface flat bill. Gotta love it. <laughs> All right, our next fact comes to us from October 2nd, 1974. Hank Aaron, in his final at-bat for the Braves after spending 21 seasons with the team, homers off of right-hander Raleigh Eastwick in the 13-0 route of Cincinnati at Atlanta Stadium. The Hammers' last National League plate appearance yields his 3,600th career hit, which is the Brewer-bound outfielder's career 736th round tripper unbelievable so there you go uh, hank aaron's last home it. run as a brave i can't think of anything more to say about hank aaron than than what we've already said in episodes past he was just w- one of the greatest of all time yeah absolutely and for anybody that wants to say that he was just nothing but a home run hitter take away all of his home runs he still has over 3,000 hits <laughs> that's insane that's, yeah that's just it's, bonkers it's banana and in case you forgot the man ended with 755 home runs <laughs> which he is like incredibly close to 4,000 hits anyway all right our last fact comes to us from october 4th 1951 and I, I was mentioning this to you in between segments but what's kind of neat is i was preparing notes for this week as we are getting into the month of october is that in the early stages uh, and looking at a lot of these facts from the initial uh, or from the inaugural World Series up until like the late 50s, early 60s, because they hadn't expanded the playoff system yet. A lot of these first few days in October, there was World Series facts, because keep in mind that it 
you know, for the longest of time, the World Series was between the best record in the National League and the best record in the American League. And that was it. And it started right after the regular season. So, you know, imagine on, you know, on Wednesday of this coming week, the Rays and Dodgers starting the World Series. That's how the postseason worked back then. I hate um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it certainly has changed quite a bit, obviously, but so that, that's something to keep in mind in the next few weeks as we go through these facts that, well, really ne- next week, you're going to see a lot of early World Series facts from years past, and this week's no different. So finishing up this segment, uh, we're going back to October 4th, 1951. In the opening game of the World Series, the first all-black outfield in Major League history makes its appearance when Monty Irvin, Willie Mays, and Hank Thompson take the field for the Giants at Yankee Stadium. Leo DeRocha, in a curious move, replaces the previously injured outfielder Don Moyler in right field with Hank Thompson, a third baseman by trade, and uses veteran outfielder Bobby Thompson at the hot corner. So there you go. First... First, uh, first time there was an all-black outfield. Very cool. 1951. Cool stuff. So, uh, another couple of fun facts. Uh, Leo DeRocha should have been the manager for Jackie Robinson's first season, but instead he was suspended before the season started for a year because uh, some of his extracurricular activities outside of baseball. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leo DeRocha was a full proponent of Jackie Robinson coming into the major leagues he was in full support of it but uh the man also enjoyed his drinking enjoyed some uh gambling and uh was quite promiscuous with uh lady companions and that doesn't sound like a baseball guy at all yeah so uh the commissioner of baseball (laughs) suspended him for an entire season because of this which you will see in the movie 42 funny enough they actually uh they actually cover that subject briefly huh yeah yeah so there you go that is uh that has been this week in baseball history do with that useless knowledge what you will well with it being the end of the regular season we don't really have a week to preview yet so that does it for the rest of uh the rest of that segment won't hear that again until next season and we also didn't wind up with any voicemails this year so we're gonna fast forward right to the chatting average player of the year. There's yeah. only one there's only one guy this could be, y'all. You already know who it is. It's Freddie Freeman. He's the best baseball player on planet Earth, and the numbers this year finally show what we've known all along. That that he's as good of a baseball player as as there is that exists. Uh coming into the Saturday night game. Freddie Freeman had a 341 batting average, a 461 on-base percentage, a 644 slugging percentage, an OPS of 1.105 and an OPS plus of 186. The guy has played out of his mind from bell to bell this year after having gotten COVID with with some really scary symptoms leading into the season and missing a few games. It, so, I mean, who yeah, else? Yeah, I don't... Besides Freddie Freeman, he's going to be the National League MVP. And if he's not, we riot. Yeah, well, and it's it's just such a, you know, stats aside, it's just such a phenomenal story. It really you is. You know... 
it it's it's so good. It, it's gotta be gotta be Freddy, which means it won't be. <laughs> yeah. So I gonna, will burn this website to the ground. They're gonna give it to Bruce Hooper or something. Who knows? But anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. As we mentioned earlier in the show, be sure to join us next week for our very first postseason spectacular, including some surprise special guests. But that does it for today. For Cam Matthews, I'm Alex. We'll see you all next week for another brand new episode. Bye! I didn't miss that. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.